0: Hi, and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bennett, and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode 11. Hey, how are you all doing? How's your week been? pretty crazy times. Hey, I know a lot has changed just since the last time we chatted last week. And no matter where you are in the world listening right now or around Australia, my prayers have certainly been with all of you. I know we've even got listeners over in Italy and it's pretty crazy in Italy right now with coronavirus. So hey, I am thinking of you. I go for a walk every day with my dogs and I pray the whole time. But um, I didn't want to focus on all the kind of negative stuff. I don't know about you, but literally I wake up to notifications on my phone where it's just like more depressing news. But I wanted to share something with you today that has actually come out of my own personal devotional time and stuff that I've been contemplating and writing down. And I want you to feel really good by the end of this. Feel inspired. Hey, make sure that you share this episode with somebody that you think needs to hear this. So tag them in, hop on the social media page, girlnextdoor.podcast, tag somebody in. Let's share this. Also, guys, we've got something really special planned for you guys at the Youth Alive Academy this week. So Youth Alive um, and youth, uh, sorry, Youth Alive Academy and Youth Alive, we are opening our virtual doors for if you are a youth pastor or a youth leader on Thursday, which is tomorrow, because today's Wednesday, the podcast is coming out Wednesday. So, tomorrow, if you jump on Youth Alive Australia, um, we are actually going to go live from the academy, and we've got a whole heap of guests coming in, and a whole heap of ideas, and a full day scheduled. Um, where you guys can jump on and we've got all sorts of stuff planned to help you to either get your youth ministry online and just to give you lots, lots of advice and tips and things that you can be doing right now to make sure that our youth ministries are absolutely thriving and growing in this season. So we've got guests planned um, and material for you. So make sure that you jump on the social media so you know what link to click on. So I can't wait to see you there. That will be amazing. So today, um, this episode has come out of my own devotional time, something that God's really been, I guess, stirring in my heart. And it's all around why it's girls who change the world. And does that mean that guys can't change the world? No, of course not. But I really want to focus on from a biblical point of view and just inspire us around a few stories that, you know what, girls, we are built for difficult times. We are made for this. And I don't know how your life has been affected right now. You know, maybe you're a mom and your kids are no longer at school and all of a sudden you've just become a homeschool mum. My boy's school has closed down. And so, you know, I've got a year 12 student. I've got Liam right now. I don't know what this means for his ATAR, you know, going forward. Or maybe you've had to cancel an engagement party and you're feeling really disappointed about that. Or maybe you're meant to get married soon and you're not sure, like, do you cancel? Do you not cancel? We had dear friends of ours that got married yesterday um, and I know that was difficult because they had to do a completely different version of the wedding that they wanted. Um, Maybe your hours at work have been reduced or you own a business and you're worried right now about the impact that all of this coronavirus is gonna have on that. You know, we are all in unique situations and in uncharted territory. And I don't want to spam too long on this because I know you've got stuff coming at you from every direction. But I wanted to quickly address just the fear that people have around, um, particularly with our young people and feeling so unsettled. And my observation is that You know, often the the, the place that our fear comes from is because we're wanting absolutes. Like we want someone to reassure us that everything is fine and this is gonna move on quickly and you know nobody you know is gonna get sick. But truth is guys, no one can give us this reassurance. And deep down we know that, and I think that is what is actually making A lot of our young people are quite afraid. I know I've talked to some of our leaders and some of them are just beginning to get the gravity of the situation. They're getting really scared and this is completely out of everyone's control. You know when you're a kid and something scary happens, there was always an adult to come along and reassure us, right? Like you've know, you had a bad dream or something that you watched on a movie really scared you and you could curl up in your parents' lap or there was an adult nearby that someone that would make you feel better and let you know it's okay and you're fine and everything's going to be all right. But you know what? We have to put our big girl pants on. Or if you're a guy listening to this, because hello boys, I know there's a lot of you out there. um, We've got to put our big boy pants on because we can't just find an adult right now to tell us that this is all going to go away and nobody's going to get sick. You know, truth is weddings are being canceled. People are being laid off. Unis are being closed down. Um, We've got grandparents that we're concerned about. I know we've got some really dear friends who are immune compromised. And I think this is just an opportunity for us to look at our lives and go, you know what? I think I've been leaning on something else in my life other than Jesus. Perhaps Mm -hmm. we've been leaning on another person, another adult, or we've been leaning for security on our bank balance. You know, or on our health, and when all these things are taken away, or all these things, perhaps you know, we're not we're not sure about these things at the moment. The only thing is the best thing that we've got to rely on right now, which is our faith in God. So I want to share today today's podcast with all of this in mind, with the crazy situation going on, and um, first I just wanted to say one of the ways I guess. Uh, that I'm dealing with this is my favorite psalm in the whole wide world has always been Psalm 91. I often use this psalm to, um, you know, I often use scripture and I turn the scriptures like into my prayer. And I often use Psalm 91, particularly down in verse 7, no, verse 6, have a listen to this. Actually, I'm going to go back to verse 5. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, Nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague. Hello, coronavirus is a plague that destroys at midday. Verse 7 A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. So, I am praying for supernatural protection around my family, around my friends, around our church, around the people I know, around you guys, and we can continue to believe in faith. Does that mean that everything will work out how we want or how we have prayed? No, but I would rather have faith than live in fear. No matter what happens till the day I go to be with the Lord, it will be with faith in my heart. I will always take God at his word. I will always believe in the word. You know, the only place to put our trust right now is in God is to put our trust and our rest in Him. It cannot be in the reassurance of others. It cannot be in the government. It cannot be in sanitizing our hands, although we are all doing the, this regularly. You know, it can't be in the scientists coming up with a vaccine. Like, they're all things we pray for and hope for, but our only trust can be in God. Does having faith mean we never struggle? No. Having faith doesn't mean that we won't ever struggle. Having faith does not mean we sometimes won't we won't feel afraid. But real faith and true faith casts itself on the rock, which is Jesus. You think of when you're at a beach. And um, I know just recently when we had some of the, the crazy weather and the storms and we went up to snapper rock and the waves were crashing massively against the rocks there and like huge spray and huge waves and it was actually quite incredible to watch but you know when a when a like a wave that crashes on a rock in the ocean it is the wave that is shattered and transformed and that is what happens when we go through seasons like this We are the wave. God is the rock. And as we just allow ourselves to be cast upon him, it is us who is transformed. As we in faith cast ourselves on the rock that is greater and higher and more powerful than you and me, it is us that is changed. And sometimes, sometimes when we are transformed, we are shattered in the process. But you know what? In being broken, we actually become something beautiful in him. You know, true faith is the kind that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had. She is my all-time favorite person in the Bible, and God's really been talking to me through her life um, because, you know, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, she allowed herself to sit at the cross and to watch her son die, and yet she did not give up. This is why I'm saying that girls are built for these times, that we have got something so strong and resolute that God has put on the inside of us. And I want to remind us that time and time again, throughout the Bible, throughout history, it is girls who have been brave enough to change the world. And you know, we do have what it takes. We are strong and we are brave. And we've been known throughout history to actually run toward the things that make us so afraid. I am so moved when I think about Mary. Like, do you know how hard that would be? Sitting at the cross, the foot of the cross and watching her son die. And yet she didn't run away from the, from the pain. She didn't run away from her grief. She allowed herself to sit in it to sit and to watch. It would have been way easier in my mind to have not been in that moment, pretend that moment wasn't happening, run away from that moment. But she didn't. Imagine what it would have been like for Mary to watch her son die an agonizing death. Now she must have been thinking, surely nothing good can come from this. Like, Where were her promises right now? Like, hello, didn't the angel come to her and say, oh, Mary, Hail Mary, blessed and favored of the Lord, uh you're going to give birth to the savior of the world. Like like what? Like I'm I'm blessed and favored and I'm at the foot of the cross watching my son die in an agonizing death. Like I'm going to be the mother of a savior. Well, he's dying right now, like right in front of her eyes, her pro- her promises and her dreams literally seem to be coming to a crashing halt. And yet Mary showed up in the middle of it all. Girls, we are called to show up in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the grief, just like she did in the middle of her fear, in the middle of her disappointment, she showed up and she sat at the feet of it all. And do you know what? Little did she know at the time that in her most broken moment, transformation was happening right there. At the foot of the cross in her deepest, darkest moment, where she didn't give up, she didn't run away, she sat and she faced it. Transformation was happening that she could not even begin to imagine. And I want to encourage us today that no matter what we are sitting at the feet of, that we are on the brink of the transforming power of Jesus coming through in our situation and through in our lives. No matter how dark, how broken, how horrible, how empty our bank account might be, how disappointed we might be right now, God can transform. And you know what he did? Jesus' resurrection, it transformed him into the savior of the world. It transformed the disciples That moment of brokenness transformed the disciples. They ended up being so touched and so filled with the power of God that they birthed the church and literally changed the world. It transformed Mary because finally she got her promise. Her promise of being blessed, her promise of being the mother of the Savior of the world. That happened in that moment of the cross. The worst moment of watching her son die became the fulfillment of the promise because now she was the mother of the Savior. He became the Savior of the world in that moment. It transformed the world. That moment of brokenness transformed history. Now, this where it is, where it gets even more amazing. Oh my gosh, girls, you have to get your Bibles out and have a look in Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to 4. Just when it couldn't get any better, just when we see the beautiful power of Jesus working through Mary, we see some other women. um, And I want to have a, just read this scripture, Mark chapter 16. You can have a look at it yourself later or open to your Bible now if you're sitting at home. When the Sabbath was over, so this is after Jesus had died and he'd been put in the tomb. Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome purchased sweet smelling spices so that they might go and anoint him, anoint the body of Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Okay. So remember all women, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, 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 whatever her name is. And they were saying to one another as they're walking, who will roll back the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, They saw that the stone had been rolled away, though it was extremely large. Imagine with me for a moment, the women early in the morning walking together to go and anoint the body of Jesus. And they're just chatting like, oh, oh, gee girls, I wonder like he's going to roll that stone away. That is one of the best scriptures ever. Do you know why? Why? because normally it took several men to roll a stone from a tomb so back then in bible days they would bury the people in the tomb in in their tombs and roll a huge stone and it would take several men to roll that stone now there were no men right hello the women went to the tomb knowing that they couldn't roll that stone away. They must have been hoping that they would come across a stranger or two who like might help them roll it. Where were the men? Where were the disciples? Um hello, they were in hiding. Only the women, the so you know, the, the weaker ones physically, who actually couldn't roll away the stone were brave enough to still approach the grave. Can you see where I'm going here? All the others stayed away and the girls were the brave ones. The girls were the courageous ones. The girls walked toward a situation where they knew they wanted to help, but they didn't have a plan. They didn't have a strategy. They didn't have the resource. They weren't strong enough to roll the rock, but you know what? They showed up anyway. I love this scripture. It wasn't the boys. It was the girls that walked towards something. They walked toward their grief. They walked toward the tomb, even when they didn't have a strategy, even when they knew that there was something there that was too heavy for them. What can you walk toward right now? You know, to be the first to experience the power of the resurrection, sometimes we have to be brave enough to come to the tomb. I love that. We must face the very thing that represents the worst of our fears and the depth of our sorrow. But you know what's even more amazing, girls? The the, the women were wondering as they approached that tomb, well, who's going to roll it away, right? So powerful, so powerful that they knew that they weren't the strong ones, but they went anyway. But do you know what? God took care of it. Because when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. God himself took care of that. Girls, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have all the resource. We can approach the tomb even if we feel afraid, even if we don't know what's going to happen when we get there, because God will provide. God has already made a way. He's already there before we arrive. We just need to come to the place where things seem impossible. And I don't know what that might mean to you right now, but whatever it is, you be brave. We be like Mary. We be like those women who go, you know what? I'm going to sit in the mess. I'm going to sit in the fear. I'm going to walk towards the grave. I'm going to walk towards the emptiness, the darkness, because I know that even though I don't have the strength in myself, even though I know I don't have what it takes within myself, I know that God is with me. And you know what? Do I feel a bit afraid right now? Yeah, I do. I, I do too. I'm feeling it too. But you know, I keep reminding myself of these women and of Mary, and I'm like, God, I want to be like that too. Put your brave inside of me. I want us, um, there's a couple of girls that I just want us to be inspired by. I, oh my gosh, ever since I was young, I have been um, always kind of sought out other other stories. Stories are so powerful of other women that inspire me, I guess, to to be brave. And when I'm talking about changing the world, by the way, like sometimes we think, oh, that means I've got to be well known to change the world. I've got to be famous to change the world, or I've got to do it in this like massive, big kind of a way. You know, the way that we change the world is we just change one person's world that's near us. You just change one person's world that is changing the world. And so don't get caught up in feeling like it has to be like big or impressive or important. It's the little things that count. I remember being really young, probably about like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. And I'm an avid reader. I've always been a reader. And I remember going to my mum's bookshelf all the time looking for things to inspire me. And I remember I read Corrie Ten Boom's book. Uh, now, she is um, a woman, her and her sister, Betsy. There's certain things I remember about that, about the book so clearly that survived. Well, no, they didn't survive, actually. Um, but they, well, Corrie ten Boom did, but her sister didn't. They were in, World War, in the World War. They were put in a concentration camp. And it was just the story of their lives written by Corrie ten Boom. And she just talked about what, you know, what God meant to her during that time. And I remember being so moved as a kid. And I remember just thinking, oh man, I want to be brave like that. I want to think that I could go through a hard time and that I could be brave like Cory Ten Boom. And she lost her sister during that time. But you know what? It was God on the inside of her that made her strong. Um, Look her up. So inspiring. So here's a couple of girls um, that we can be inspired by today. Uh, Someone you may never have heard of, Ruby Bridges. In 1960, when she was only six years of age, she became the first black student to attend a white school, the William France Elementary School in New Orleans. She was just a first grader. Like, imagine a first grader. I'm a teacher. I've taught first graders. They're just these tiny, sweet little six-year-olds. She walked in the middle of protests and riots. She walked into school accompanied by federal marshals. Like how brave. She didn't cry, she didn't shy away. She just put her head up and her shoulders back and she walked in that day and she became an icon and an inspiration in the civil rights movement. Oh my gosh, I get moved. Okay, Anne Frank, I don't know if you've read her book, um, a German born Jewish girl who moved to the Netherlands, which by the way, my whole family are from the Netherlands. So I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, she moved there during the Nazi regime, and Anne Frank rose to fame following the publication of a diary that she kept while hiding from the Gestapo. Now, she never know- knew that her diary became famous because she died before it ever uh, was published. But her family uh, was discovered and arrested, and she actually died in a concentration camp in 1945, just before the war ended at the age of 15. But her father, Otto, the only surviving family member, found her diary and it was published after the war and it's been translated into more than 60 languages. And it's so inspiring because it's just the diary of this 13, 14-year-old girl who, you know, put a face and a name and a personality to the 6 million Jewish people that were killed in the war. Um, I went to her house Cameron and I visited her house uh, where she lived and where she was, where she hid when we went to Holland a couple of years ago. (laughs) So moving. Okay. Another one, Alexandra Scott, a young girl diagnosed with a form of pediatric cancer, uh, just shortly before her first birthday. And when she was just four years old, four, four years old, she set up her very first lemonade stand in her front yard to raise money for childhood cancer research. And inspired by her story, people around the world set up their own lemonade stands to raise money for her cause. And by the time she died in 2004, she had raised $1 million. And her family continues her legacy through um, Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. Here's one that's just a little bit different. Mary Shelley was an author. Um, I've always been inspired by authors. I love stories about women authors. Uh, So she was an English author, and she actually wrote a book. You're going to be surprised because you all would have heard of Frankenstein. She actually wrote the book Frankenstein, which many people credit as the origin of science fiction. So Mary Shelley has been called the teenage girl who invented science fiction. And she was, get this, 18 years of age when she wrote that book, which is incredible. Um, I've got my own story in my family of someone who has completely inspired me. Uh, My nana, my pa, my absolute heroes, Um, my nana died just over a year ago, my pa a couple of years ago, and they actually lived in Holland during World War II. So when Holland was taken over by the Nazis, they lived there. My dad was... Uh, I think my dad wasn't quite born yet, but my uncle was born. So my Nana was like only in her twenties and her and my pa hid a Jewish woman in their house and kept her safe from the Nazis for a couple of years. And my Nana's stepfather was actually a German officer and he used to often come past and visit my Nana just to make sure that she had like enough rations. And little did he know that hiding behind a, um, I think it was like a little cupboard or a bookshelf in their house. They were hiding a Jewish woman. And, um, you know, the, the punishment, if you were found doing that, would have been to be shot on site or sent to a concentration camp. And my grandfather, he helped Jewish women, uh, Jewish women, Jewish people escape in the underground during the war. So, you know, my the lady that my grandparents had hid during the war, um, her son is still in contact with my family, because uh, obviously that lady died, but her son is still alive. And we've actually got a tree planted in Jerusalem in thanks for our family and what my grandparents did. So, um, you know, it's the little things, girls. It's the little things. I was listening to the ABC radio just the other day. And honestly, I couldn't even, I was trying to retell this story to Cameron and I was like a blubbering mess. I couldn't retell it. But um, they were telling the story on the ABC about a guy who bought a coffee from his local cafe, just somewhere here in Brisbane. And he said to the cafe owner, oh, I want to pay $200 for my coffee. And he paid 200 bucks for his coffee and the cafe owner just started crying. And then the next few people paid extra for their coffee too. So, you know, that one person that did something amazing, inspired all the people behind him to do the same. And girls, it doesn't have to be life altering. It's the little things. It's the little something that we can do each day. If you're afraid, walk afraid. If you don't have the resource, walk forward anyway, knowing that God will meet you there. It's the little things that really count. It's the little things that really change the world and the girls who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world usually are the ones that do. Be the girl that wakes up with purpose and intent. Be the girl who shows up and never gives up. Be the girl that shows up sometimes afraid. Be the girl who believes that anything is possible. Um, just a quote to finish with, with Mother Teresa she says that I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. So I'd love to hear about what you're doing, just the little the little good stories, the little beautiful things that make all the difference in the world. So I am going to pray for you wherever you are right now. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that this season is not a surprise to you. And I thank you, Lord, for people in scripture like Mary and like the women that went to your grave on the morning that you rose to, to anoint your body with spices. They went knowing that they couldn't roll the stone. They went in the middle of their grief, Lord. And I know that there are many people here listening, many girls listening, Father, and all of us have probably got some sort of disappointments right now, whether it be a a wedding postponed, an engagement party canceled, um, hours at work being cut, whatever it is. Lord, I just thank you that we are built for this moment. I pray that you would fill us with all the resource of heaven. I pray that you would put your courage on the inside of us as we trust you. I pray that we would go throughout our day with eyes that are wide open, with Holy Spirit eyes to see the needs of people around us, whether that be in our local shopping supermarket or our local cafe or a family member, whatever it is, Lord, that we would see the needs of those around us and that we would do whatever we can, the little things, Lord, to make someone stay better and brighter because, Lord, this is not about us. This is about you shining your hope and your light through us to other people. And I just thank you for every listener here. I pray blessing and I pray supernatural protection. I declare that though a thousand may fall on one side and 10,000 on the other, that it will not come near us, Father. We're believing in faith for great protection. And I pray bless every listener. May your face shine upon us as we go throughout this week in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining, guys. Don't forget to go hop along to social media and have a look at our five minutes with Renee and G. Um, And we really look forward to seeing you there. Have a great one. I love you all dearly. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.